Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. 2 Timothy chapter 4. You know, we started at Christmas time, and so it was easy for me to pick what to talk about, because uh, I was going through the, uh, the Advent season and uh, trying to prepare us by looking at what the Old Testament uh, expectation was uh, with regard to the Messiah, and uh, I'm going to settle down in a biblical book um, at some point. I haven't done that yet. I'm still kind of trying to think through. We're, we're in a brand new church. Um, and uh, we've got church backgrounds. All of us have church backgrounds. We, we, um, we kind of know a little bit about what to expect. But I, I want to spend a little bit of time teaching and kind of going through some of my uh, core convictions as a church planting pastor um, or church replanting pastor. Um, last week we looked at um, Matthew chapter 16 and dealt with um, how Jesus said that I will build my church. Uh, this week uh, we're going to look at what Paul says to Timothy that his duty is as a pastor. Um, it's my core conviction that, uh, that the ministry of the Word is, uh, is a priority um, As a, as a new church, as any church, that we, that me as a pastor, I have to labor in the Word. Um, and Paul gives this challenge, this charge to Timothy that we're going to look at today, verses 1 through, through 5. There are many other things that have to do with a, a church as well, um, that we do, that uh, are important, but... Uh, First things first. So let's look at what God says about um, preaching the Word of God. Um, I'll read the passage and then we'll pray. Beginning in verse 1 of chapter 4. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing and His kingdom, preach the Word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but will have itching ears that they will accumulate for themselves, teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober minded, endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for um, this day. Lord, we thank you for your word that we're talking about tonight. Father, I I pray that you would open our eyes and open our ears and open our hearts to see glory on these pages. Lord, I pray that you would enable me, a sinful man, to speak your word. I pray for your grace. 
Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 2 Timothy was probably one of Paul's last books. I, I believe it was his last book that, uh, that he wrote. And as such, uh, he, he was a dying man. He knew that the end was coming and he uh, wanted to make sure that Timothy knew what he was supposed to do. And at the very last chapter, of course he didn't, have, he didn't write this as chapters, it was divided later, but at the very end of the book he, he, uh, he says, I charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus. Who is he charging? He's charging Timothy, the person he's writing the book to, this pastor of a church in Ephesus. He's charging them, and, and he, he, he is so solemn about this, he says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. He's calling Timothy, he's calling any pastor who wants to obey this, into the presence of Almighty God and of Christ Jesus. It's a a weight that ought to weigh down any preacher of the Word. I'm charging you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. Then it tells us a little bit more about Jesus. This Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing and kingdom. Jesus... We think of him at Christmas time as a, a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. We think of him at Easter time, dying on the cross for us. And we think of him that way all the time, all every part of the year. We think of him dying on the cross for us and rising again. But you know Jesus is coming again. And when He comes again, He is going to come and He will judge the living and the dead. There will come a day when all of the graves will be open. We will all stand there before Jesus Christ. And He will judge every person for everything that they have done in the body. Now the the judgment of believers will not be determining our eternal destiny, that has been settled on the cross. He has died for us. We are, we are, if we have trusted in Christ, there is nothing that is in jeopardy there. But He will be judging us. We will stand before Him at His judgment seat. We want to be found faithful there. I know Timothy... And any preacher who listens to these words wants to be found faithful when we're reminded that we will one day stand before Almighty God, stand before Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. And we want to be found faithful. Now what are Paul's words to Timothy? What, he's, what is Timothy supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What is any preacher of God's Word supposed to do? Preach the Word. Preach the Word. That is uh, what it all kind of boils down to. Preach the Word. Proclaim it. Herald it. Be like that, that newsboy with the newspaper standing out on the street corner saying, extra, extra, read all about it. Heralding the news, the good news that Jesus has come to save us. What are we to preach? The Word. 
There are many that you can find on the television, on the radio, or just walk down the street somewhere. I'm not saying necessarily here. I've met uh, the pastor at the Methodist Church, Adam. We're, we're friends. We've had coffee together. And I think he's a good, faithful man. But you, you can go to any, any church and you might find somebody preaching something other than God's Word. A lot of times it's become popular to, to, uh, to, to give a, a therapy session from the pulpit. To talk about pop psychology and all the different ways you can, you can have a better, happy family, have a happy uh, marriage, and all these other things. And then sprinkle the Bible all over it to try to make it sound like a sermon. Faithful preaching, it's my conviction, is when you open up the Bible and you explain what's there. Not whenever you try to come up with some message on your own. And then make the Bible say that. It's you open up the Bible and you let, you let it speak for itself. The Bible is, is a lion. And we just need to take the chain off and let it go. Preach the Word. Not our own ideas, but the Word of God. What is the Bible? What is the Word of God? It is the Bible. The, the, the Old and New Testaments. Um, you look at the theological movements of the 20th century, and you have some who, when they talk about the Bible, they, they can't even call it the Word of God, because they, they don't believe that God had, had actually spoken. They, they look at the Bible and think of it as just man's writing about his experiences with God. And that would be what you call classic liberalism. And then you have others who came along later and said, no, no, God has spoken. He's, he's really spoken. But then they accepted all the, the critical theories about how the Bible came to be. And they say, oh, the, the, God has spoken. And the Bible becomes God's Word. When, when in the preaching event, God speaks to the individual. That's called neo-orthodoxy, and I think it's just as dangerous as classic liberalism. When we talk about the Word of God, we're talking about every letter from Genesis to Revelation that's here in this book. It is all God's Word. It doesn't need uh, any special event to make it God's Word. It is God's Word from cover to cover. So Paul tells Timothy, preach the Word. He then breaks that down and, and tells more of what P- Timothy's duty is to be. He's to be ready in season and out of season. Sometimes it's going to be popular. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you're going to be called on to say something when you weren't ready. But you've got to be ready anyway. You've got to be ready to get, that, get in there and speak. You can't wait until the last minute to prepare yourself to preach God's Word. I, I spent, well, about a decade and a half preparing for ministry before I, I have really uh, taken on the weight of pastoral ministry. And uh, I, I found that I, I have needed it so much to have that kind of education um, not because I depend upon my education, I have to depend upon the Spirit of God, but uh, uh, 
If I didn't have that, I think I would be lacking. I would not be able to preach the way that I think He's given me the ability to do if I didn't have that preparation of spending over a decade and a half preparing to preach God's Word. Reprove. Part of preaching God's Word is to correct wrong thinking, wrong doctrine. We reprove. We see there there are many false teachings out there in our world. We have to correct that. We've got to to point out those things that we see from the popular preachers on, on TV or the books that are out. See what's out there. See what's going on in the world. And we have to line that up with the Scriptures and reprove and correct And we rebuke. Sometimes we run into people that are in the congregation that may be walking in sin. We have to be able to go to them and rebuke them gently in love. Not saying, well, we're just going to reject you and you're going to hell. No. We go to them in love and say, brother, you're going the wrong way. Come on back. Come on back. Go to them in love. We rebuke. And we exhort, we encourage. This morning, um, I had a privilege of doing a sermon at Woburn that was, uh, that was very much an exhortation and an encouragement. Uh, this morning, um, I, 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 I'd been there for two years, and I, uh, I spent some time just thanking them for all the different things that they do. And I, I shared a, a sermon on how the body, it, we were all working together as different parts of the body, and was, every part of the body works together and does their own function, that the, the, the body will be healthy and will be built up into Christ. It was a very exhorting, uh, encouraging type of sermon. We, uh, the preacher has to do all three of those things, to correct false doctrine, to rebuke whenever there's sin in the camp, and to encourage, not at all of it's negative, but some of it's encouraging and exhorting. With complete patience and teaching. Oh, the pastor has to be patient. You can't just say it once and then expect everybody's going to get it. But you've got you to gotta beat that horse. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to just, you got to keep, and you've got to keep at it. And... Uh, when people complain, no, you know, I don't know why you're preaching the way you're you're preaching. You just gotta you gotta keep on at it, and maybe come at it from a different angle, come at it from different teaching styles or or things, different ways to communicate the same thing. But just be patient and teach. Verse three. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but will have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. You look around and you see. You know, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to um, just badmouth other preachers or anything like that, but there. There's one I'm thinking of in Texas that uh, they meet in a stadium and you, you, you hear uh, him interviewed in, um, by, in the media and 
You ask him, well, do you believe in sin? And he said, oh, I don't really talk about sin that much. He writes a book called It's Your, Your Best Life Now. And that's not really what the Bible presents to us. Our, the Bible presents to us our best life is later. But this life we have trouble. We have, this life we have... So it's not our best life now. It's our best life later. It's an example of, of just trying to, to say what's popular, to say what, what people want to hear, and you just draw people in. People have itching ears, and they try to find somebody who's just going to smooth everything over, just kind of try to make everybody happy. But in the meantime, they leave the truth behind. Verse 4, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. The problem with false teachers who, who, who pile up these soft words that people want to hear is it that people wander off away from the truth. The truth that we have in Scripture. They wander away from it into all these other things, whether it's pop psychology, whether it's um, just how to feel better, how to have a good marriage and all those things. And they wander away from the truth and they don't even realize that they've wandered away. They're still maybe meeting in the same place. They're still maybe singing all the same songs. The same people are all gathered around. But the message has changed. Not only do they wander away from the truth. My eyes wander. Not only do they wander away from the truth, but they wander into myths. You look at at what's available on the internet. You look at some sites that uh, claim to be ministries. They'll be talking about... uh, uh, Talking, they'll claim to be Christian ministries and things like that. And they'll have all kinds of, of uh, different speculative things. I, was, I saw somebody, had, there was an advertisement on Facebook the other day that I saw. It was, it was encouraging people to get this audio production of the book of First Enoch. Have you ever heard of the book of First Enoch? I have. It's a it's a pseudepigraphal book. That means it was it was uh, it, it was written by a pseudonym. Somebody somebody put somebody else's name on it to to try to get it credit. It was written in the intertestamental period between uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament, and it has all these fanciful things. Uh, there there's even a quotation from the book of First Enoch in the book of uh, Jude and in First Peter. But it's not Scripture. I don't think it's healthy to be encouraging people to, to go after all these things that are, that, are, that are maybe, you know, useful historical things to learn about what, what people thought back in the intertestamental period. But it's wandering away into myths. I don't think it's healthy to encourage people to go do that unless you're a scholar and want to go uh, check that out just so you can compare and see how was Peter using that in First Peter. 
But that's really not what we all need to do. We need to be focused on the Scriptures, focused on the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. And he says in verse 5, As for you, always be sober-minded. Some of the translations there say, Keep your head. Be sober-minded. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, I've heard the term happy clappy out there. Um, just uh, feel-good messages. Um, maybe just uh, cultural Christianity and, and trying to prop that up. The preacher of the gospel needs to be sober-minded. We need to remember that we've got life and death on the line. We're not just here to prop up a cultural relic. We're here to proclaim the message that our God saves. Be sober-minded. Endure suffering because suffering will come. If you preach God's Word, there will be people who don't like it. If you preach God's Word, people will say, Oh, well, you need to soften it down on this point. Oh, you really don't need to talk about hell so much. Oh, you really don't need to talk about sin so much. If you preach God's Word, you will suffer. And even in the legal courts, um, you know, they're talking about uh, with all this anti-discrimination legislation that's uh, trying to come down the pike, uh, what is it going to be like whenever one day uh, someone from the IRS comes in and, and says, well, your, your sermon was, was talking about homosexuality, so we're going to remove your uh, tax-exempt status. The preacher of the gospel, faithful believers, will experience suffering, endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Now, there is the office of an evangelist, maybe somebody who travels around from place to place, not necessarily tied to a specific church, but who goes around preaching the gospel as an evangelist. But Paul here is telling Timothy, the pastor of a church in a set location, do the work of an evangelist. That's one of the things the pastor should do. He should be about doing the work of an evangelist. Now before we planted and had our very first service, I, I would try to go and I would spend time in the deli and I would sit down and just listen to people. I would talk to people. I'd just get to know people. Uh, I, I didn't actually share the gospel message with anybody. But I, I, I was kind of laying that foundation and those seeds trying to build relationships and try to gain the ability to have a hearing so that maybe, maybe some will come. Uh, and as I continue to build relationships, maybe the time will come whenever I, I do am able to open up and share and do the work of an evangelist. But you know, that's not just the job of the preacher. Uh, the, the message I had at, this morning at Woburn was from Ephesians chapter 4. and It says, uh, God, He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Every believer is an evangelist of sorts. 
We may, may, there are some that are more gifted than others, but we all have the duty of sharing the gospel with those that we meet, with our loved ones, with our friends, with those that we work with. It is our duty to share the gospel with those that we meet. As for you, be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. Be faithful all the way until the end, until it's complete. Don't just get something started and then run off. Those are challenging words when you realize what's all there. When you realize you've got to endure hardship, endure suffering. When you, when you start something new and then maybe a few weeks down the road, a few months down the road, and you're wondering, okay, when's the crowd going to come? But Paul here says to Timothy, fulfill your ministry. This is one of my core convic- convictions. It's shaped upon these words. As a church planter, as a pastor, I, I think nothing defines what I am to do more than a passage like this one that just says, Preach the Word. Preach the Word. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.